0: No. no, you guys can.
1: And just like that, we're back from our hiatus. This is Macy and Stacy bringing it to you from Stoned and the City. We're here tonight to recap season one, episode two, which is Models and Mortals. Tonight, I have with me my lovely co host, Stacy.
2: Hey, guys.
1: I, and we also have our special guests, a lovely couple named Natalie and Julia. Guys, say hi.
3: Hi. We're so excited to be here.
1: Oh, we're so excited to have you. We just had a little a fun painting party. Um, we're getting ready for another painting party. <laughs> so we're practicing tonight. Um, but we just watched episode two of season one. And I have a lot of thoughts. I'm sure you guys have a lot of thoughts. Um fun thing is like natalie has watched sex in the city a bunch of times as i have and julia has not really watched it just like stacy hasn't so we'll have different kinds of opinions basically probably because of our familiarity with the characters so um i'm gonna read the episode description on wikipedia and i'm gonna read my version of it So the Wikipedia version said, At Miranda's birthday party, Carrie and her friends vow to stop searching for their perfect mate. Miranda dates a man obsessed with models. Samantha's recent sexual escapade is videotaped. My description is, Miranda grows older and they all grow more cynical about men. The four ladies decide to stop looking for Mr. Right. A model crazed man is pursuing non-model Miranda and Samantha smiles for the night vision camera. So, who do we want to start with,
0: guys? I think we should start with Miranda, because that's how the episode started. Okay, what do you guys think? That works for me. Why don't we start with Miranda? Right off the
1: bat, there's nothing for Charlotte, so we could um, sadly we can just like have Charlotte be part of the other storylines. I don't think she needs her own section because there's literally nothing for her. No. So she did look pretty. She did look pretty. I I love her and everything that she's in. Um, But let's start with Miranda, and like we'll just have Charlotte be a part of the other people's stories when necessary, which is barely even necessary. Cool. Okay, who wants to kick us off?
2: I'll start. I thought it was a little interesting how you just mentioned that Charlotte was pretty, and Miranda, a big focus of her storyline was attractiveness, looks. He dates models. So dates the guy models. Miranda went on a first date to a dinner party with, which I thought was so 90s. No one would ever go to a dinner party on a first date in this day and age with a man who exclusively dates models, and she wasn't a model, and she found out at the party. Um, I don't know I was thinking why are the models Attracted to this man in the first place Is it the money is it He clearly has a horrible personality
1: I feel like we barely even saw his personality Because his whole personality was that he dates models But it seems like he has like these Regular dinner parties with his his friends And he's constantly bringing girls Models to it and they don't like it So he's bringing Miranda As his non-model To prove to his friends He can date non-models Which I don't know I guess he's just... The guy looks like a weenie. It's a, little, it's a little surprising that he's able to get all these models to date him. Yeah.
0: Because what do they see in him? Maybe he has money. They don't really explain it. So, this is like a flash forward to the end of the episode when the male model goes back with Carrie. And you can see, I feel like that really humanized the models. We referenced the models as things in this episode, as objects... But at the end, we really see the model, instead of being a thing, he becomes humanized. He shares his own insecurities, and that states that there is jealousy both on the model and non-model sides.
1: I, I agree. I feel like they talk about beauty like it's some sort of foreign thing, that it's yeah. not a human thing. Like, that you're either human or you're beautiful. And the whole episode, they're talking about, like, can beautiful people have problems, essentially? Which we mm-hmm. all know that beautiful people have problems because we're all beautiful people with problems. <laughs> so we're well aware... <laughs> of course. ...that beautiful people have fucking problems, okay? It's fine. So everyone has issues. Even beautiful people have all different kinds of Personalities and differences, and doesn't mean they're all stupid. And I feel like it's very othering. And I think that Miranda doesn't really value the same things as that guy, so they were never going to work out anyway. But, yeah,
3: I don't know. During that interaction was the first time I heard the words modelizer. Mm. So I hadn't previously, like, even thought about that concept so I feel like this episode explored that in a lot of different ways um and a lot of different characters expressed that trait so I thought that was really interesting and I agree that at times it was very like dehumanizing of like how we were looking at literal people just because of how they presented themselves Yeah, when Carrie was um,
1: typing about modelizers or whatever, I wrote down what she said. Modelizers are a particular uh, breed. It's it's a step beyond womanizers who will sleep with just about anything in a skirt. Modelizers are obsessed, not with women, but with models. It's like, it's an interesting description of a person, and I guess that's what we're supposed to think that Nick is, and later what um, Barkley is, Carrie's friend. That they're modelizers, and it's a thing that is. Does it just exist in New York City? Are there versions of that in our lives? I mean, we live very close to New York City, but we don't live in New York mm-hmm. City. So I wonder. I, I don't know if it's the same anymore, anyway. Because I think social media is like I the significant difference, like influencers in terms of like models. Oh, the new models, like yeah. Influencers are the new models, and like the one scene with Charlotte where she's talking about um, hating her thighs because of magazines. It's mm-hmm. like. bitch try having an instagram like you're gonna see a lot of thigh gaps with an instagram it's totally it's a whole new ball game
0: it really is and then also with julia being here we have a really fresh gen z perspective as well
1: oh wow oh yeah julia how old are you how old are you
0: 25
3: 25 i'm going to my 26th year right
1: okay and i'm about to be 30 so that's the spread of our ages yes Which I thought about a little bit when Carrie... We're just jumping around now. Who cares? So we're jumping around. Carrie said that she came to terms with her looks when she turned 30. Do you think that's going to happen for me? I think you already already know you're beautiful.
3: Aw, thank you. She also... What a good response. She Mm -hmm. worded it as no longer had the energy to be superficial. Mm. and i feel like um
1: i feel like i didn't ever
3: have energy for that. yeah right right? (laughs) (laughs) and that's kind of what i thought as well like yeah in terms of i feel like that didn't happen when you're 30 but you've also held other things like it's not just gonna change once you're 30
1: i was hoping that when i turn 30 i'll just like magically be at terms with my looks that's not gonna happen is that what you guys are saying
2: it all depends on how you feel.
1: Oh my God. But you're
2: in charge of how you feel, girl. You look beautiful and own it.
1: Ooh, okay. Okay. I think you're beautiful. Thank you. I am just fishing for compliments. So this <laughs> <is> <laughs> how it You are gorgeous. This is working. This is working. I'm so glad that I had this podcast so you guys could tell me how oh gosh, beautiful I am.
2: <laughs> Speaking of compliments, I would love to give Carrie a compliment on the necklace she was wearing. I don't know if anybody noticed. I did but not in the black notice. Dress, uh, so she was wearing a strapless black dress. I'm really excited as I watch the show because I am a Sex and the City newbie. This is newbie. the second episode I've ever seen watching them in chronological order. So season two. Um, but I know her fashion was a huge like focal focus area of the show. So anyways, she was wearing a strapless black dress and a necklace that just draped down her back. And it was really, really pretty, because it was just two thin strands of, like, silver going down her back, and I thought it was pretty. Did anybody else notice it? I did not. I
1: did notice it, and I also really loved it. And I actually usually love what Carrie wears. Like, it's usually ridiculous, Mm -hmm. like, weird stuff that I would never wear myself. And it's very 90s, but I love it all. I love it all. It's super bright Mm -hmm. colors. It's extreme accessories, is probably what I would call it. Yeah. And... She has, like, a funky hat, or, like, a scarf, or a a crazy cowboy boot. Like, she has
3: something weird going on, and I love it. So, speaking of Carrie, Mm -hmm. it took me a while to understand that she was doing... She was writing. Yeah, Like, she was writing an article, and that's why she was talking to... I think his name is Barkley? Yes. Yeah. Um...
1: Well, Barkley so, is Carrie's friend. Yes, who's an the, artist. Yes, gross.
3: and in that who's aspect, gross. yes, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, I would love to see the Gen Z
1: perspective mm-hmm. on this um, man named Barkley. We is, don't like him. Who is a modelizer? <laughs> He's an artist, friend of Carrie's, who she's Which, interviewing. And that that part's all fine. In her column, but yeah. let's hear let's hear your take on it, Julia. I'd like to see the Gen Z perspective. Well, what does he do that? We
2: are not happy about.
3: Let's talk about it. What does he do? Okay. So in that encounter, Carrie finds out that he's recording his sexual encounters with these models because he is characterized as one of these modelizers. And she pushes him and asks, like, do they know that this is happening? To his response is maybe, aka no, they do not, which is disgusting and horrible, (laughs) Sounded like which, a no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And f- moving forward, that's why I feel like it was even more disgusting with the whole Samantha situation because she like wanted that spotlight, which it was good that she was able to go into that encounter with him knowing that she would, could potentially be recorded, which also brought up so many problems because he was not recording his intercourse with her because she was not a model. Mm-hmm. Which, that, there was just so much to unpack there, um, but then he starts recording and she's loving it. But like all those other feet models, women didn't have that courtesy. It wasn't, consensual. or yeah, and it wasn't consensual. Yeah, no, it's,
1: it doesn't hold up well in the Me Too era. No, for sure, no. Um, which I think is obviously a good thing that it does not hold up, and I don't think that people watching the show for the first time, are impressed by Barkley in the same no, way that we're supposed no. to be in the 90s because I think he comes off as a real creep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that's how his character was written to be portrayed. I don't think he was supposed to be portrayed as a creep. I no, think this was, was normal. It was, like, cool. almost
3: normal. That was the man. man. He had
1: a million TVs that are obviously solely dedicated to him making sex tapes with models.
3: He says crazy
1: stuff. He says, Models so. act how regular people act when they're on vacation. Like that, models just have sex all the time. They have more sex than regular people, which again makes being beautiful and a model make you not a real person. Mm-hmm. Which is what they call, he he used the word things. He does use the word things. He used the word things. They're beautiful
3: things. Things, women, he says, oh, his, and he says that to a woman. He says that, that his
1: life too. is about beautiful Me things. Too. Yeah, no. uh. And I guess, like, as an artist, as someone who appreciates modeling and photography, like, he likes the subjects of these things. I kind of understand that, but it comes off really badly. Mm -hmm. Really badly.
0: I can understand that as well, but him videotaping the sex tapes is the next level. But I also thought was interesting is, what year did this come out? I
1: think think
0: 1998. It would be so different today. They even talked about... What I was thinking with that, that's considered assault. When we look at Stanford and how he acts towards the male model, oh, he actually was... grabs his nipples. Yeah. Right now, that's considered sexual assault. And like his here comments. It's, like, considered yeah. just, like, bad, naughty. But now that is, like, a crime.
1: Right. And that's... So that's Derek we're talking about, who's the... The world's biggest Mm -hmm. underwear model, it's Derek, a.k.a. The Bone, which uh, they never explain that nickname. It doesn't make any sense. The Bone. What does that mean? Like boner because Stanford
3: can't get his eyes off of him? Maybe he broke a bone Well, Stanford
1: is Carrie's, (laughs) Stanford is Carrie's token gay best friend, and he is poorly written for the first, like, five and a half seasons at least. He's, Mm -hmm. I kind of like him, and then... I don't know if you guys know what's going on with Just Like That. Um, Obviously, it's super in the future, but I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to do spoilers, although I think some people listening to this probably know what I'm talking about, how it's been done dirty and Just Like That with Stanford. But he is a creepy talent manager, and he's Derek's talent manager, and he's sexually molesting him. Yeah. mm -hmm. And we're all, like, supposed to giggle about it.
0: Yeah. Then what I noticed... in in today's day and age if something like that were to happen on an episode there would be a trigger warning beforehand interesting which i also bringing up the trigger warning this episode mentions an eating disorder that Mm -hmm. a lot of people struggle with Mm -hmm. and trigger warning right now it mentions bulimia and modeling yeah so just the fact that it didn't have any warning between like before the assault molestations the eating disorders right now that would not fly
3: i hope it never flies anywhere because i feel like certain things like this still exist or are being produced like that was a very good point and i think everything should have like that is the bare minimum like be conscious that watching this especially for the first time that those are hard subjects and like that shouldn't have been different now or 20 years ago